Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. God of heaven and just tell him how much you love him today I love you Jesus hallelujah 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 you're worthy Jesus you're worthy Jesus you're worthy Jesus somebody shout he's worthy man you may be seated Lord bless you How many of you know what this is? Did you say a child? Dog leash. I guess it could be a child leash. I think I've seen some similar to this with kids. Maybe it's wrapped around their head instead of their throat, I hope. Or not their head, their hand. It's a good thing I never used one. He's here as living proof. Amen. Dog leash is used to clip to a dog's collar really for one reason. Just one. So that they can't get away from you. If you've ever walked a dog before, Sometimes they walk you. Sometimes they don't just walk calmly by your side. They're running around, they're sniffing. I'm not talking about dogs tonight, so just stay with me. They're running around sniffing, marking territory, doing different things, leaving their mark. They're doing what they were created to do. So we humans use, use a leash to put a control on them. The leash helps you, or it's supposed to, help you control the dog. Similar to how a dog would just run wild, our sinful nature likes to just run wild and do whatever it wants to sometimes. God wants us to have self-control. Amen. Amen. I'm pacing myself right now because I'm trying to catch my breath. I feel like I just ran a 5K. So if you'll give me just a moment, we're going to kick in here in a moment. So it's not always easy to control ourselves, if we're honest. So I want to turn your attention tonight, and you don't have to stand. You can if you want to, but it's, it's certainly not necessary tonight. But Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 28. The Bible says... He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. We go now to chapter 18 and verse 21 of the same book. It says, death and life are in the power, somebody say it with me, of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Notice it doesn't tell you what kind of fruit it is. But you're going to eat it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I don't know if I'm preaching or teaching tonight or landing somewhere on the gauge between there, but we're just going to do with whatever it is. But I want to talk to you tonight on this topic. It's a control issue. It's a control issue. I wonder if you'd put your Bibles down and lift your hands with me one more time. Let's ask God to touch us here this evening. Jesus, in your mighty name today, we're thankful for you. God, we need you right now in this hour. Your word's already anointed. It needs no help today, but I do. 
And I'm asking you, God, to help me speak what you would have to be spoken. I don't want to add to it. I don't want to take away from it. Help me be obedient to you. Open our mind, spirit, heart of understanding today. Let our feet be swift in obedience. And we give you praise and glory today. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you today. You may be seated. The story has been told of two neighbors that had a falling out over a disputed boundary line between their properties. Due to the intensity of their festering anger, each built his own fence, leaving a four-foot span in between them. Not only was it an added expense for each man having to build his own fence where technically one would have done, but it also rendered this four-foot-wide strip of land useless to both of them. It was as if neither one of them owned it. That four-foot strip of land became known as the devil's lane. Such designation seems to have indicated who had taken control. Anger. Control. Emotions. Emotions are things that we deal with every day. You're going to have them. You're going to be happy. You're going to be sad. Sometimes you're going to be somewhere in between. Sometimes you're going to be kind of melancholy and you don't know what's wrong, but I just want to sit down and cry. And even you macho men feel that way, even if you don't do it, you don't have to say amen. Emotions are funny things. Emotions can get the best of us. Some people's emotions, they meet today, tomorrow. Oh, I'm in love. I'm just weak in the knees. And some people, they can date for 30 years. You get married? Nope. From A, we use the English alphabet, from A to Z, emotions run every letter. They swing far and wide. Sometimes, some things just don't go the way I want them to go. Sometimes, now I'm going to tell you the same, we're following the same theme tonight as we followed this morning. I'm going to tell you all the nasty stuff on me. You can't get mad at me for talking about me. But if it happens to apply to you, eh, so be it. But I can tell you tonight, I've never been known for my patience. I didn't know if it was going to be him or his mom first, but he struck first. That's all right. I'm going to use that dog leash after church. I've learned a few things over the years. My wife and I encountered a certain set of circumstances probably three or four weeks ago, and uh, I was really putting a lot of my emotional intelligence training and teaching that I've had over the last five or six years, which I do my absolute best to practice every day and become better uh, every day because I'm not what I need to be yet, and I'll tell you that. But I was, I was really having to be diligent, and Brother Malone really having to be intentional because in my flesh, my emotions wanted to go zero to 60, and I knew exactly what I wanted to say. I had rehearsed it in my mind over and over and over again, and it, was a, it would have been a short trip from zero to 60, fast car. But I held my tongue. I kept... I kept, I'll tell you, I wasn't spiritual about it either, all right? This was, this was natural training. But my emotions is the point. My emotions is what really was getting the best of me. 
And I told my wife at home late one night, I said, you know what? I said, I know that a, 20, a 24, 25, 26-year-old version of me would have held, dealt with this a whole lot differently. And I said, I'm kind of proud of that today. Not that that guy would have handled it differently, but that this guy didn't. <laughs> so, we can learn. That, that's my point in that. My point wasn't to brag on myself. My point was to tell you, we can learn. There is no support in the Bible to say, well, that's the way I've always been, that's the way I'll die. That's not God's word. Because we go down and we come up to walk in newness of life. You know what? This isn't in my notes, but I feel it in my spirit right now. You know what that means when you come up in newness of life? That means all those excuses that, well, he's just like his dad. Uh-uh. Because I've got a new father. Well, she's just like her mother. No, no, no. Not if she's been baptized in Jesus' name, she's not. But she come up to walk in newness of life. I feel my help already. So there is, there is an opportunity here that we can learn. But before we learn, we have to st first stop long enough and pause long enough to see what exactly is the lesson we need to learn. In Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, he exhorted in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, he states, you've heard it before, be angry and sin not. Now let's just stop right there for a minute before we wax too poetic. Be angry. Now think about it for just a moment. He just gave you permission. I'm going to help somebody here. He just gave you permission that it's alright to be angry. Some of you right now are... Mind blown, you've probably never heard that from a pulpit before. He just said, be angry. But he didn't stop there. So before we continue with our emotional self, lack of self-control, we have to understand that if you're going to be angry, sin not. Oh, I wish I had about six hours. I don't. I'll be hungry before then, so you're good. Be angry. But I did have a snack before church, so I feel pretty good right now. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, I'm no theologian. I don't pretend to be. But the way I've always been taught that that verse reads is if you're angry, make it right before the sun goes down. Or make it right before you go to bed. Why is that important? That's important because when you don't make it right, right now, and stop it, it becomes drama. It, become, it takes on a life of its own and it becomes something that the devil starts getting behind the steering wheel now. Now it's not natural emotion now it's bitterness, now it's hatred, now it's envy, now it's strife, now it's sin. So we have to be careful. I want to take us to Ephesians 4.26. and 20, uh, we have, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Verse number 27, neither give place to the devil. So if you're going to be upset about something, be upset about it. But what he's saying is, is if you're going to be upset, not only are you not to sin. Let me break it down 2022 style. Not only should you not send that text message. Not only should you not post that post on social media. Give place to the devil. Let's go to the message version. The same passage, Ephesians 
in the message version says, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't, don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. This next part's important. And don't stay angry. Now, again, I'm telling myself. When I get angry, I'm going to be there a while. I'm just telling, in my flesh, all right, ab absent submission to God, absent self-control. If I get angry, once I get lathered up, it takes a while to rinse that off. Now, I'm not telling you that because I think it's right. That's flesh. You do well to be angry. Don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil, listen to this now, that kind of foothold in your life. Don't you think for a moment that it's any mistake that if, he, if you allow him to have a foothold in your emotions... Don't you think it a mistake tonight that every day of your life there's something that's going to just absolutely drive you toward anger? Because if you allow him to, everything's going to trip you up. I don't like the way he looked at me. I don't like the tone of voice that they said that in. They laughed whenever they looked at me 30 feet across the room. They must be talking about me. Everything becomes a stumbling block. Everything becomes a tripping hazard. Everything becomes something that he has a foothold because he knows how to push your buttons. And the writer to the Ephesians is saying, don't give him a foothold in your life. Go ahead and be angry, but don't sin. Don't use it as fuel. Don't use it to revenge. Don't stay angry. Get over your anger. Let me go a little further tonight and let me peel the onion layers back and be a little bit more blunt. To get over our anger, sometimes you need to get over yourself. Because it's ego that keeps me angry. Amen. It's my flesh that keeps... I can't believe... Well, nobody talks to me like... Listen, nobody, I haven't had an anger episode with anybody, so I'm not preaching toward anybody. I'm preaching to something spiritual tonight. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows here that I haven't encountered something. I'm not debating anybody that's here or online, all right? This, this isn't coming from anything that has happened. So if you're thinking that, just go ahead and erase that out of your mind, okay? I'm telling you. We, we, get, this, we get this. It's an arrogance. Nobody's going to talk to me like that. Brother Malone, I can't tell you how many times I've quoted that statement in my life. Nobody's going, I'll, I'll tell them a thing or two. I'll let them know. And I've been angry. And I've told them a thing or two. And you know what that 15-second release did? It created years of strife. Now ask yourself tonight, is that really worth it? seconds to defend your fleshly honor otherwise characterizes arrogance and ego 15 seconds to create a decade of trouble and split families and division and lost relationships because that's all it takes that's all it takes anger allowed to fester, does just that. It gives opportunity to the devil. So the question tonight becomes, because it's all about a matter of control, do we allow our emotions to control us, or do we control it? That becomes the question. Remember the urging of God when Cain was angry with his brother. Genesis 4 and verse 6 in the message version states, God spake to Cain, Why this tantrum? I like this next one. Why the sulking? 
if you do well, won't you be accepted? God's talking to Cain. All you Bible readers know that Cain was jealous over his brother. And God's saying, if you do well, you. Because you see, the manner of control is about you. It's not about everybody else. It's about you. It reminds me of a message Bishop preached years ago. It's me, oh Lord, that stands in the need of prayer. I don't know why every time I stand up here I hear his voice. But it's me, oh, it's about you. If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you, watch it now, don't do well, sin, this is God speaking, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce, it's out to get you, you've got to master it. So we cannot be passive about our emotional circumstances. Because, let me say it this way, if you, because whether you are today or not, you will. All right, I feel confident in saying that. I don't need to take a poll to validate it. If you aren't dealing with emotional issues today, you either have or you're going to. And the reason I know that is because you're human. But you, you have to master it. And I hope we answer a little bit more about how to do that before this is over tonight. But you cannot be passive about emotional uh, responses. We need to measure our emotional responses against the fruit of the Spirit. And if we would measure our emotional response against the fruit of the Spirit, we'd do a lot less talking and a lot more listening. We do a lot more loving and a lot less hating. Amen. So instead of being angry with his brother Cain, Cain should have been upset with himself. He couldn't change what, what he had already done. But he could have resolved to do it better However, even with the warning from God, Cain allowed the anger to rule over him. Why? Because he, he, he stayed angry. He kept it. He held on to the anger rather than ruling over it. And as a result of that, he killed his brother. Follow me here for just a moment. You say, but Brother Mason, I haven't committed murder. I've got, I don't have murder in my heart. You dog somebody's reputation bad enough on Facebook, you just killed them. You don't, have to, you don't have to stab somebody in the heart in 2022 to kill them. Gossip will kill. Strife will kill. Anger will kill. Genesis 4 and 8 in the message version states, Cain had words with his brother. They were out in the field. Cain came at his brother and killed him. That's why anger needs to be gotten over. It's not all just anger, but anger is a, is a kind of the, the top daddy emotion of emotional disturbances. And if you're frustrated and you don't work your way through frustration, frustration leads to deeper frustration. That leads to more emotional instability. That leads to anger. Now that journey for some of us is like five seconds. And for some of it, it can be five days. It could be five years. It could be just the teapot sitting on the stove at a low heat. And it's just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally, something cranks up the heat. And boom. I can't whistle it, right? So you, you can hear the teapot going off. And, and all of a sudden, the, the water's hot. Doesn't matter if it's five seconds, five years, or five decades, we still have to keep ourselves in check and keep ourselves in control. It is as if we are monitoring and walking up and down the devil's lane. We're putting the space between us. We're putting the space between us and other people to say, This is my boundary, that's your boundary, leave me alone. Anger puts space between you and other people. You lose relationships. You lose friendships. You lose brother and brother. 
I've seen anger so bad in the church that these people over here wouldn't spit on the people over here's guts if they was on fire. It was hatred after hatred. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need that in the church. We don't need that in our life. We don't need that in our families. We don't need that in our relationships. This attitude of I'll show you, I just won't come back. Now let's break that down for just a moment. Who are you really hurting? Because let me tell you something. I'm here. Now, I, I, this is a commercial break. has probably nothing to do with the message, all right? It's just going to make me feel better to say it, all right? But I am here. I love every single one of you. But I am here. Brother Mike Trout, I love you, sir. But I am here for my relationship with God. Now, I'm glad to get to see you when I'm here. You may not be glad to get to see me. I don't know, but that's fine. But I'm glad to get to see you when I'm here. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here because I need Jesus. I'm here because I don't have it figured out yet. I'm here because I've got a tomorrow to face. And yesterday was bad enough. Tomorrow's still coming. I'm here because I need a good dose of the Holy Ghost to put me in check every single day of my life. I need God to help me. I need God to help me. I need God to help me. Oh, could you wave your hands at the Lord and love him right now? I've heard people say, well, I'll show you. I just won't come back. Well, I'm sorry to tell you. I, I hate that, that that is your response. But whenever you make those words, Lord, help me. <sighs> You are ignoring the simple fact of why you're supposed to be here to begin with. We covered that this morning. Why am I here? I'm here to entertain the Spirit of God. I'm here to get into unity with my brothers and my sisters. I'm here to make myself accountable, but the I'll show you attitude says I'm not accountable to you, I'm not accountable to the pastor, I'm not accountable to God, I'll do whatever I want to. That's a Cain spirit. That's a I'll kill my brother spirit. That is, that is a 2022 generational spirit that says, if you don't agree with me, you're against me, so I'll fight you. It's hard to disagree with anybody anymore. Those are words that declare I'm strong enough to make it by myself, but you are not. Proverbs 16 and 32, let's keep going. It says, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh a city. If you want to demonstrate strength, the greatest strength that you can demonstrate in your life is control. Self-control. But there are many mighty who cannot control themselves. That's why there continues to be rest, unrest, and conflict in this world. Might does not make it right. Might and strength and dominance doesn't make it right. And what we see as weakness is sometimes restraint. Goes back to the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus, watch this. Jesus, we know by, by the word of God, could have called 12 legions of angels. Let's read it. Matthew 26 and 53 in the message version says, Don't you realize that I am able right now 
to call to my father in 12 companies more if I want them of fighting angels would be here battle ready. A legion of Roman soldiers, one, equaled 6,000 men. And Jesus said, I believe it was in the King James, he could have called 12. If I do some quick math there, that's about 72,000 angels. Now just, just think about it. Let's put it in perspective. In one moment, with the whisper of his breath, Jesus could have called 72,000 angels to... That's power. Brother Andrew, that's the ultimate dominance. But he said nothing. You want to know what self-control looks like? Self-control looks like Jesus standing on a cross. Self-control looks like Jesus standing in a courtroom being accused of all kinds of things and when they offered him an opportunity to say something, the Bible says he said not a word. And we're already lock, stock, and barrel in fifth gear ready to defend ourselves, defend our pride, defend our honor, say all kinds of things and we probably shouldn't even say. Jesus had a right to defend himself and he stood there and he said nothing because meekness was power restrained. He was chided by those that dared him to prove himself. But he remained right there where he had been nailed because he saw you and he saw me in 2022 and he knew we needed a model example of what restraint looked like. He knew we needed a model example of what self-control looked like. Because we need to relearn how to deal with our relationships in 2022. Because it's a whole new ball game. Right. Having relationships today is not like it used to be. Because today, you make somebody mad, they're on Facebook calling you out. Matthew 27, 42, message version. He saved others. He can't save himself. King of Israel is he? They're, they're laughing. They're mocking him. Then let him get down from that cross. We'll all become believers then. Really? You, you've seen blind eyes open. You've seen lame men walk. You've seen lepers healed. You've been in situations where the, all he did was speak the word. Go, go your way, he's healed. And they went their way and, and sure enough, the boy lived. They were healed. You've seen all of these things, but now all of a sudden there's this one single solitary thing that you're going to place your judgment of belief on? No, 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 no. It's a control issue. The Romans who carried out the crucifixion may have taken pride in their connection to Roman authority, but the one who had all authority powerfully showed himself to be better than the mighty. Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He restrained the power he could have exercised, and the control of his own spirit and his flesh was greater than the rule that might have been held over a city. That's what meekness is. It's power under control. 1 Peter 2 and 23 in the message version says they called him every name in the book and he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things straight. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, allow me to contend tonight that if Jesus, our model example, can sometimes choose silence over words to allow God the opportunity to set things straight, how much more should we mere mortals take example of that? That there are times I just need, let me say it plainly, I just need to keep my mouth shut. I need to allow God to either set it straight or set me straight. And I need to give him time to do that because I'm not always right. Yeah. 
I was listening to a, a marriage relationship podcast re recently, and I really liked one of the things that they had said. They went through a list of things that, that uh, husbands and wives should, should do, uh, and, and one of them, one of them was sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. We not only need control from each other, we need control in the home. We need control in church. We need control in our life. And that control is something that only comes to us whenever we submit. I know that's a word that a lot of us don't like because we feel like we're losing control if we submit to God or we submit to an authority. We feel like we're surrendering. You are, you are in effect, surrendering. But you gain more power in surrender That's what Jesus did. He gained more power in surrender than he did in fight. Let me say it the way that Bishop Steve Wilson said it several years ago, decades now, at a church camp. He said, you never have a right to do wrong. Just think about it. We... What's the one word? It's a key word. It comes to mind whenever we're fighting for things and we're arguing for things and we're doing things. Well, I was justified. Because it wasn't right. Mm, maybe it wasn't right. But there's nowhere in God's word that I ever saw that we were always going to be treated fairly. Now, I don't think we should be a doormat either. What I'm saying is there's a right and a wrong way to deal with things. And if you can't pick the right way, you need to walk away. Because that person's soul, no matter how much you despise them in this moment, that person's soul has an eternity to face. And you may have an indelible impact on what pathway they walk because they already have you labeled as a Christian. And if a Christian's going to treat me like that, then I don't want the God of that Christian... Christians, we should allow a Christ-like spirit to become more and more evident in the way we interact with others. My relationship, uh, relationships, mine and yours, they should not just be one-sided. Sometimes we just need to slow down. Sometimes we get in a hurry. That's how accidents happen. We get in a hurry. We mess up if we slow down long enough to take time to think. 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 How many times have I said or how many times have I heard someone say, I, I just lost my mind. I wasn't thinking. What possessed you to do that? I wasn't thinking. Slow down and think. What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we saying? Just as there's a need to slow down when entering danger zones so as not to hit something that can damage or injure someone, the same is true in regard to our relationships. We should consider our relationships a danger zone. And in the realm of relationships, anger is often due to misunderstandings. And then we can have pent-up frustration over things that could have been resolved a year ago, two years ago, a decade ago. But we've carried it on till now. The issue now has taken on a life of itself. And there are things about the issue that really aren't even real, but I perceive them. It's called, it's, I know it's cliched, but it's called making a mountain out of a molehill. Whenever it was this big of a problem and I didn't take care of it the way the Word of God we read earlier instructed us to take care of it and not to carry it with us. And I didn't take care of the molehill so now it's, it's built and it's built and it's built and it's larger and it's larger and it's larger to the point that now it's larger than life. The writer James gave us some instructions to follow in chapter 119. Wherefore, my beloved Brethren, let every man be swift to hear. 
slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Sometimes we get mad because we think we heard something that we didn't hear. But if we'll be swift to hear. It doesn't matter your personality type. Extroverts get a bad rap. I'm, 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 speak, <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking personally now, but I'll touch you other folks here in a moment. Because we, we talk. Sometimes we don't listen enough because we're talking too much. We need control. But just because you're quiet doesn't mean you're listening. Swift to hear. Slow. Everybody say it with me. To speak. I was doing business with a man a few years ago. It was a very large corporation. I was standing in the middle of an office of one of their members of management, and he was, he was a customer. And he was going down the line, Brother Fred, telling me what he wanted. It's his right. He's the customer, and I was in his house. <clears throat> he said, I need you to do this, 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 this. Can you do it? And I stood there, and I paused. Now, I'll tell you, I don't always get this right. I got it right that day. I paused for, I don't know, 10 seconds. 10 seconds of silence in a moment like that can feel like an eternity. But I paused for 10 seconds because I was quickly collecting my thoughts to make sure I answered correctly. <clears throat> we hadn't won the account yet. This was probably the, the meeting that was going to seal the deal. Yes or no. And I wasn't going to be the guy that messed it up. I paused and I formulated my response very quickly and then I answered his question and he looked at me and he said you think before you speak okay I didn't say that but in my mind I'm thinking okay surely that's not that odd apparently it is I said, yes, sir. He said, hmm, I like it. I said, well, thank you. I'm not going to speak just to speak. And if you ask me a question, I'm going to make sure I'm telling you the right thing. So, swift to hear. Slow to speak, but he doesn't leave it out. Can we put that verse back up again? James 1.19. Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Because if we'll slow down long enough to hear what is being said, and if we'll worry more about listening than we do talking, the wrath and the anger and the self-control issues we have will start slowing down. Because we're now minimizing our frustration. We're now minimizing our misunderstandings. All those occasions where we flap off at the lips and somebody says, That's not what I said! Well, that's what I thought you said! We can avoid that whole drama and bypass it by just having understanding. I'm telling you tonight, it's a control issue. It's far too easy to make assumptions that distort our realities or to believe someone's drama too quick. Solomon urged us in Proverbs 14 and 29 
in the message version, he says, slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick, watch this now, I didn't write this, all right? I'm just a mailman, I didn't write it, I'm just telling you what the word says. It says a, that, that a quick-tempered person stockpiles, they build up inventory of stupidity. I didn't write it. I sure agree with it. We need to exercise patience in challenging situations. Doing so can be a sign of great wisdom. It's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a genius to speak their mind. It's impatience that leads us to frustration and anger. Being slow to anger gives us time to think things through. It holds the door open for calm communication to take place between parties. This might be part practical application teaching and the Word of God, but it's still the Word of God, and if we would follow it, we'd have a lot less drama in our lives. We'd have a lot less divorce in our families. We'd have a lot less strife in mothers and daughters and fathers and sons. This is the Word of God. This is every bit as much of the Word of God as it is that He died and bled on a cross, rose again three days ago. This is every bit as much important for our walk with God as Holy Ghost infilling is. Because you're going to lose your Holy Ghost over your mouth. Proverbs 19.11 in the message version says, Smart people know how to hold their tongue. Their grandeur is to forgive and to forget. It's to our benefit. I'm closing tonight. It's to our benefit as Christians to be bigger than the situations that might otherwise bring us down. Don't feed the drama. Look at your neighbor tonight and with a smile on your face, tell them, don't, come on, say it like you've got some vigor in you, don't feed the drama. Stand with me tonight. I need musicians to come and sing something really good. First Corinthians 15 and verse 33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. I want you to think about it. Evil communications corrupt good manners. The message version in that verse, and I didn't give it to them, I'm just going to tell you what it is, says bad company ruins good manners. Hebrews 13 and 15, thank you for helping me, Brother Zach says, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. But to do good and communicate, watch it now, forget not. For with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. You want to please God? Use your words to bring glory to Him. Bring Him the sacrifice of praise with your lips. That's the right place to vent your frustration. There's times in my private prayer, not my at church prayer, but there's time in my private prayer that I have to tell God, God, I'm frustrated about something. There, there's a few things that I, I just don't like. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but I need your help with it. What you say matters because it's a control issue. I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again in closing tonight. In the Hebrew, the word for talk and the word for desert is the same word. They're pronounced differently, but it's the same word. If you were to read it, it's the exact same word. And I don't believe that's an accident tonight. 
Because what you say in your desert has the power to free you or keep you there. Zig Ziglar said it this way, Evidence is conclusive that your self-talk has a direct bearing on your performance. What we say matters. How we respond matters. You know why we say amen when the Word of God's being, being delivered? It's not for the person standing here. Although it does help to kind of know there's agreement. But the main reason why we're saying amen is because we need to seal it for ourselves. Yes, I believe in that. And I want my enemy who's standing by in the dark, the dark corners listening somewhere, I want him to know that I've got that stake in the ground we talked about this morning. And I'm saying amen, I believe in that. Because what we say matters. It's a control issue that can only be solved in the presence of God. And it starts with surrender. It starts with surrender. Lift your hands with me right now. This altar is open tonight. Come on, let's call on the name of Jesus together right now. It's a matter of surrender. It's a heart issue, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even really a lip issue. It's a heart issue. And if your heart's not right, your mouth will follow it. But if your heart is right with God, then your mouth, your lips, your words, your speech, your tone, your actions, your behavior will follow where your heart goes. It's a heart matter. It's a control matter of the heart tonight. And God's knocking on your door saying, Give me. Give me your heart. Give me your mind. Give me your spirit. Give me everything you've got today. Surrender to God is the only way to have the self-control that we need in this life. It's a surrender. It's a surrender. I need Him. Let's call on the name of the Lord together tonight. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.